Wasn't that wonderful? As Nigel said earlier, today I am finishing our series on the vineyard person. This is just kind of a picture that we use to describe some of the things that are important to us as a local church. And over the past couple of weeks, Nigel's been working from the bottom of the picture upwards, talking about how the Bible is our foundation and also an understanding of the kingdom of God, God's rule and God's reign. That as a church, we have two legs that we stand on. Those are the legs of worship and compassion. And Nigel talked about how at the moment, compassion is a very valid and important expression of worship as we express justice and mercy to those around us. Last week, we looked at the importance of our life groups, those small groups where we can meet in community, because in that place, we can know the church family as a community, but also as a hospital and a school and an army. And today we're looking at the head of the body and the head of the body is Jesus. And so where have we got that from? Well, the head of the body as Jesus is actually a direct quote from the Bible. And I'm going to read to you um, what it says. We're looking in Colossians and we're looking in chapter one. Now, Colossians is a book that a guy called Paul wrote. He was a great explainer of the good news about Jesus. And he wrote to the, the church in Colossae, which is in modern day Turkey. And some of the people there seem to have a bit of a misunderstanding about who Jesus was. They kind of thought that he was just another spiritual being or another spiritual leader. They didn't have the right perspective. And so this is what Paul says to them. We look at this son, that's Jesus, and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, Rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. That's Jesus. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organises and holds it together like a head does a body. So Jesus as the head is the one who organises us, who holds us together who gives us our focus and our purpose and our direction. And as a church, one of the little kind of taglines that we have is that we're people who want to be with Jesus, who want to become like Jesus, and who want to do the things that Jesus did. And perhaps today you're somebody who's exploring faith, you're looking at the claims of Jesus, you might have been on an Alpha course recently, or maybe you're someone who's been walking with Jesus for a long time. Well, either way, you are equally welcome. And as I thought about today's talk, it reminded me of a gift we were given last year. A friend came to stay and out of the blue, he bought with him a Hampshire hamper, a bit of a tongue twister. And it was full of goodies um, of local produce. So there were some jams and chutneys that came from the New Forest. And uh, there were some biscuits baked in a local bakery, I think in Romsey. And pièce de résistance, there was some um, garlic mayonnaise from the Isle of Wight. Not sure if you've tried that stuff, but I thought it was worth trying to go for a sponsorship deal. So if you're watching, happy to sponsor you. I could have a jar here next week when I talk. The thing that struck me was that when I received the hamper, it was beautifully wrapped. And first of all, I didn't want to open it. I looked at the mayonnaise and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd love to try that. And then I thought, I've got some mayonnaise in the fridge. Now, it wasn't garlic mayonnaise. It was just basic mayonnaise. But I thought, I can get by. I can manage without it. And then I looked at the chutney and I thought, oh, that looks delicious. But actually, I know my mum and dad like chutney, so perhaps I should give them that jar of chutney. Now, I could just have carried on looking at the mayonnaise or given away the chutney, but actually we chose to enjoy them and to share them with people who came. 
And that's, I think, sometimes how we can approach the Bible. Sometimes we know about Jesus. We understand some of the truths about him. We might have read the Bible. We look at him from afar and it's like admiring a hamper. But it's not until we open it up till we put the mayonnaise on our ham sandwich or we really chew on and are nourished by the truths about him that it actually makes a difference in our lives. And so today that's the encouragement, taste and see. And if you'd like to do that, why don't we just pray together? Father God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you that it tells us about you, the things that you've done, the things you want to do, who you are. But today we just pray that we would know more than just about you, but that we would know you. So please come and meet us in this place. Amen. So over the past few weeks in our life group goes large on Wednesday nights, we've been looking at the book of Philippians. It's another letter that the same guy, Paul, wrote, and it's in the Bible. He wrote it to a different church in a different city. And in that book, he talks about being a carrier of the good news about Jesus. And today I'd love us just to think a little bit about what that good news is and what difference it means to us. It doesn't take us long to find out about the good news when we look at Philippians. Right in Philippians chapter one, he says that the, the book is written to those who belong to Christ. And as I read that, I just was really arrested by that concept, that sense of belonging. And Paul thinks it's a really important thing to say because he talks about it again in chapter two, verse one, and then right at the end of the book, in chapter four, verse 21, as he's kind of signing off, he says, oh yes, and I've written this to those who belong to Christ. And I thought in this day and time, what an important thing to know and to understand and to experience. In a time when many of us feel disconnected or fractured from community or maybe isolated, where we feel worried and concerned about the future, where we feel like we're really just on our own, we can know that we belong to Christ, that we can be, I imagine it as kind of the hug of God, we can experience the hug of God. We're not on our own. And so the good news of Jesus is that we can belong to Christ. And maybe that's the truth for you to chew on today. The good news of Jesus is that there's nothing that we can do to earn this belonging. As we've seen in Philippians, Paul was of a great spiritual pedigree. He grew up in the right family. He went to the right school. He knew the right things to do and say. He was really strict on the rules that he kept. And yet... When he encountered Jesus, he realised that this wasn't going to make any difference. That the things he did and the things he said couldn't earn his way to God. Because the Bible tells us, and we saw in Steve's testimony earlier, didn't we? That many of us have regrets. We know as we look at our lives, especially as we get older, that there are things that we've done that we wish we hadn't. There are things we haven't done that we really wish that we had. There's brokenness, broken relationships and different situations where the Bible would call this sin, the things that get between us and God, the thing that stop us knowing that connection and belonging. And Paul says, I knew all the right ways to try and earn my way back to God, but actually I've realised that none of that counts. In fact, this is what he says, and I'm reading from Philippians chapter three. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he goes on to say, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, 
I become righteous through faith in Christ. And so what has he got faith in? He's got faith in the fact that Jesus loves us. Philippians tells us he has tender compassion on us. And it goes on to say what he did. In Philippians 2, it says Jesus had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to all the advantages of that status, no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And that was the way that Jesus has wiped the slate clean for us. He died on the cross, he took on the things that we have done wrong, and then he defeated them all because he rose again. So the good news is that we can belong to Christ. The good news is there's nothing that we can do to earn it. And the good news is that we get to choose whether or not we accept it. Yesterday, a friend of mine sent me a text. She said, I was praying for you. And um, she had an image in her mind's eye of somebody who was in the water and who was just about to go down under the waves. And the image was of a hand coming and pulling this person out of rescuing them. And perhaps that's how you feel today. Perhaps you feel you're drowning in your circumstances. And God's promise is that he wants to rescue you. But it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because he doesn't just come and do that. We have to be the ones who ask. We have to be the ones who say, please help me. God, I need you. He doesn't force that upon us. And so if you wanted to do that today, it's as simple as saying a prayer. The kind of thing that you might say is, God, thank you that I can belong to you. I know that I've messed up. I've done things wrong. You might want to talk to him about what those things are. Please would you forgive me. I want to rely on what Jesus has done. On his death on the cross and the fact that he rose again from the dead. And I want to give you my life and receive a new beginning with you. Amen. And there's no magic words that you have to say. It's about your heart connection with God. And is that something that you have done? Then we'd love to hear from you and help you in your next step of the journey. I'd love it if you ping me an email. You can send it to joe at winvin.org.uk and we can chat some more about how you take your next steps. So the good news about Jesus is that we can belong to Christ. There's nothing we can do to earn this belonging and we can choose whether or not to accept it. But also that that's not the end of the story, that this is a lifetime journey. That's that lovely phrase, isn't, isn't there? Um, it's not pie in the sky when you die. It's steak on the plate whilst you wait. Lots of food analogies today. You must be hungry. And if we choose to follow Jesus, we are promised love and joy and peace. Grace to enable us to do whatever needs to be done. And a freedom from worry. And perhaps those are things that you need today. And really encouraging to me, Paul, who we hold up as being, he was an amazing guy. If you read the letters that he's written, he had an incredible connection with God and a way of talking about him. And yet he says, I'm not there yet, guys, but I am pressing on, I am pushing on, I am keeping going. So this is the good news about Jesus. And we are invited, even instructed to share it. 
Now, if you've been coming to church for a while, you might have a sinking feeling in your heart now. Oh no, we're going to be talking about evangelism. I've got to stand up and talk about Jesus to people I don't know, and it's going to be really awkward and embarrassing. That's not what I'm going to say. I want us to go back to the Bible again. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, and I'm reading from the Message Bible. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples just before he left them. God authorised and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. And that passage is familiar to many of us. And it's Jesus saying, look, you're on the team now, guys. Come on, I've got a job for you to do. You can come and be part of this thing with me. But I think sometimes when we read about that, we do think it just means we've got to go and tell people about Jesus. We've got to put ourselves in that awkward place of trying to explain the gospel and go from nowhere to say, and did you know Jesus died on the cross for you and rose again? That is a wonderful truth. But I don't think it's all about talking. Because Jesus said here, train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, the way of life that he had been showing them. And if we look at the way Jesus lived, he did talk. He told people about how to live well. He gave instructions on what to do with your money or what to do in relationships. And he did talk about who God was and what God was like. But also he acted, he did things. He showed the love and kindness and compassion of God. He brought heaven's solutions to earth in many different ways. We can read about this in the Gospels, in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke and in John. And I've just had a slightly different perspective as I've been thinking about the things that Jesus did. As I've read the New Testament, I've seen miracles and I thought, wow, what would it have been like to be with Jesus and to see him open a blind eye? Someone who was blind, who could then see. What would it have been like to be with Jesus when food was multiplied? You know, in Matthew uh, chapter 15, talks about 4,000 people being fed with just a little bit of bread and fish. What would it have been like to have seen the paralysed man who was lowered through the roof? He couldn't walk. His friends had to bring him to Jesus. And yet at the word, Jesus was commanding to get up and take up his mat and go home. And he did. What would it have been like to have been there in the moment where the disciples had been fishing all night and not caught any fish? And Jesus said, put your net down on the other side. And they did. And they had such a huge haul of fish. I think it says there were 153 large fish that they couldn't even bring them all in. Those would have been wow moments. If we'd been witnesses and seen those things, they would have been incredible. And you know, I love those miraculous moments when I've prayed for people and seen them get healed. Or when I have heard those stories about God doing different things. Even last week, I heard two stories from different vineyard churches where people had strokes and were prayed for and had miraculous improvements in their health that the doctors couldn't explain. And so miracles are a way of God showing us that he's among us, aren't they? But also I've started to think behind those miracles a bit. Thinking about the man whose blind eye was opened and the difference that made to him. Maybe being able to see his child for the first time. Isn't that life-changing? Or the feeding of the 4,000 would be great to have a free meal. But actually, let's look at what Jesus said when he did that miracle. 
In Matthew 15, 32, it says this. Jesus said, I hurt for these people. For three days now they've been with me and now they have nothing to eat. I can't send them away without a meal. They'll probably collapse on the road. Don't you just love that, the practical nature of that? And so Jesus solves the problem. He does it in a miraculous way, but he brings heaven's solution to earth for hungry people. Thinking about the paralysed man, if he was paralysed, he wouldn't have been able to work. He wouldn't maybe have been able to be married or certainly to provide for his family. And so in that miraculous moment, Jesus changed his life and made it possible for his life and others' life around him to thrive and to prosper. Thinking about the miraculous catch of fish, those fish would have been worth money. They could have been sold for a lot of money. That business could potentially have been turned around and thriving. And I think that sharing the good news of Jesus is about telling people about him, yes, but also doing the things that he did, bringing God's solutions from heaven to earth. And I've been thinking about those of you scattered in different places. You know, in our church family, we've got people in places where we need God's solutions. We've got people who are working on the front line with COVID, trying to sort out kind of the science behind it and vaccines and testing. I'm thinking about Steve and Dave. There may well be others of you. We've got people working in education like Debbie and Laura and Andy. And education needs God's solutions now. You know, our schools have got children in them who are off sick because they've got colds and snuffles. They've got others who are anxious about actually being back in the classroom. There are loads of problems around and we need God's solutions there. I've been thinking about those of you who are working in the community, who are caring for people, who are helping people with mental health. Thinking about Catherine and Lynette and Pete. Huge issues in our communities. And yet God's put you there to help bring his solutions. I've been thinking about some of you working in different businesses like Chatan or Adam or Mark. You know, some businesses are thriving in this moment, aren't they? And others are facing huge challenges. And God's put you there to bring heaven's solution to earth. I've been thinking about those of us who have kids still at home. Maybe you're in the playground. Maybe you're around listening to neighbours. You're hearing stories about relationships that are breaking up. Huge pressures put on different families. God's put you there to bring heaven's solution to earth. I'm thinking about those of you who are serving in different ways. Maybe you're a trustee for a charity, like um, the trustees of our church here, or Dickie. Maybe you are a governor of a school like Chris. You've been put there to bring heaven's solutions to earth. And I've name-checked some of you, but there are so many more of you in different areas. Think about healthcare, our medical um, guys, you know, the whole range of different jobs and different roles within the community where God has put us, his scattered servants, to make a difference. Each sector, each place has big problems. And yet I think the good news of Jesus is us coming in as the church, not saying that we know it all, of course we don't. They're saying that we know someone who has solutions to these problems. Maybe sometimes that will be a miraculous solution. It might be praying for somebody and seeing them get healed. But maybe sometimes it's going to be bringing the wisdom and the solutions of God. You know, if we were together in, a church, in church on a Sunday morning or if in life group, we might pray about a situation and God might give us an impression or a picture or a word, which is some kind of way to unlock that. That's not the kind of thing you can probably take into the office 
or take into the surgery or take into the classroom. But what we can do is pray and say, God, what's your solution? And then go to work or go into our neighbours and say, have you tried this? What about this? And so what if sharing the good news about Jesus wasn't about having awkward conversations, but was about praying and asking God for wisdom to unlock the problems around us so that we can see our communities thrive? I'd love to pray for you today, church. You know, I think it's really significant that on this Sunday when we're going to be gathering in the, the venue for the first time in ages this evening, actually that's the day when we're commissioned to go. We are a church who gather, we love to worship together, but we're a church who are commissioned to scatter, to go and do the works of Jesus wherever he sent us. So let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, thank you that we are your scattered servants, that you've sent us to different places in the community, in different sectors of society, so that we can be and bring the good news of Jesus. And we ask that you would use us, that you would give us wisdom You'd help us unlock the problems, things that people have been struggling with for a long time. Please would you give us your insight and your wisdom to do that. I ask that you just increase anointing of wisdom on us now. And also, Lord, I want to pray that you'll increase anointing for miracles too. We want to see those things as well, hand in hand. Amen. Now, Michael and Laura are going to lead us in what might be a new song to you. And perhaps you might want to sing along, the words will come up on the screen. Or maybe you just want to let the words wash over you and let this become your prayer. <laughs>